Church podcast. Join us as we explore God's Word, providing practical teaching for day-to-day living. The message you're about to hear was recorded live at our Sunday morning gathering. If you'd like to know more about Salt Church, please visit us at saltchurch.org. We hope that you're encouraged by today's message. Miracles. And when people think of miracles, there's a lot of things that that pop in their head. In fact, it's a very controversial uh, subject. This, this thing of miracles. From a theological standpoint, one side says that uh, the miracles were set aside for a specific time, a specific place, specific events, and miracles no longer happen today. We believe that in church circles. And then others believe that miracles are absolutely possible today, and they do happen today. So to start off with, I want to share, just let you know as a church, Salt Church, we stand on the idea that miracles are very real today. They happen today, and God has perhaps a miracle for you. Uh, from small acts to impossible feats, we believe that miracles are as real as they are in the ministry of Jesus. When, when Jesus was walking the world and the miracles that were formed, we believe that those miracles are absolutely possible today. And I want to help you, and I want to bring you on a journey. If you're struggling with the idea of whether miracles are real or not, or if even Christ has a miracle for you, even if Jesus has a miracle for you, we want to help you understand that process, and perhaps he does have something for you. I love how the psalmist says it in Psalm 77, 14, you are the God of miracles and wonders. You still, that present active tense, you still demonstrate your awesome power. He is still active and demonstrating his awesome power. Can we praise God for that? Amen. Job 5, 9, he says, he performs wonders that cannot be fathomed, miracles that cannot be counted. He has a miracle in store for everyone. In my experience, let me just share you why we stand on that, because from my experience, I've witnessed miracles. I've witnessed miracles in my own life. And this might seem like a small thing, but when I was young, I was about five or six years old, I had an abscess start to grow on the back of my leg. It was, it was growing. Uh, my parents were concerned about it. They took me to the doctor. We were getting x-rays. We were trying to figure out things. I'm sure the question of whether it was cancerous was, was in in the equation. Uh, you know, I was really young, so for me it was, you know, I just thought, well, it's just a little bump on the back of my leg. It'll go away someday, right? Uh, but we, we had no clue. My parents were, were definitely uh, concerned. And one day while I was in my room, my, my dad and I were, were uh, my dad was tucking me in bed and, and you know, praying for me, and, and we, he looked at the bump on the back of my leg, and I looked at Dad just as confident as anything. He says, I said, Dad, God's going to heal me. God's going to take this bump away. Let's pray over this bump. I mean, a little kid, I, I just knew it. I can remember it like it was yesterday. I knew that God was going to heal me. It didn't even, you know, there wasn't even a question in my mind that God wouldn't do something in that moment. I just loved the faith that I had as a child. So we prayed over my leg, I went to sleep, the next morning I got up, and this bump was gone. 
absolutely gone. I've never seen it come back again. We, there's no indications of any signs of anything. So I believe, I firmly believe, do y'all believe that with me? I believe that that was a miracle. God did something, and God still is in the miracle working business. And I can tell you story after story of people being healed of cancer, of, of heart defects, uh, praying over people, uh, in a sickness, uh, having financial breakthroughs, uh, all kinds of different things. God is in the miracle business. And today I ask you, if, if you are a bit apprehensive about miracles, and uh, uh, would you come to that place I was, I was a five-year-old kid praying over my leg, would you come to that place? Jesus says, unless you have faith like a child, you cannot enter my kingdom. What did he mean by that? He meant, unless we pull back all of our adult understanding and practicality, sometimes we just have to pull it back and ask God what he has for us. So today, open your heart up to the possibility of a miracle-working God because perhaps he has a miracle for you today. Some of you are in here, you need a miracle. You desperately need a miracle. So we're going to look at the first miracle uh, this week. Um, it's a very popular miracle. You see it in pictures. You see it in statues. You see it behind pulpits often. If you walk into a, a church, sometimes you'll see, you know, the baptismal in the back, and you see the, see the pictures. Um, you see it in picture-illustrated Bibles, and it's the miracle of Jesus walking on water. Jesus walking on water, and he wants you to walk on water, and I'll explain that in a minute. So, I, I want you to just pull back. I want you to look at how miracles can, can sometimes be dismissed because of our circumstances. A lot of circumstances come into our lives and we're so focused on the circumstances, oftentimes we can't believe God for a miracle. So we're going to look, and this is going to be kind of a, a dig in scripture um, time where we, we really go through the scripture and we're going to pull out some points. I think God has a few points he wants to share with you. In Matthew 14, we're going to be primarily dealing with Matthew and Mark and kind of bouncing back and forth in those both, on, on the, on both of those accounts. So in Matthew 14, 20 through, 22 through 23, it says, immediately Jesus made his disciples get into the boat and go ahead of him to the other side while he dismissed the crowd. And after he had dismissed them, he went up to, on the mountainside by himself to pray. So in context here, what had just happened is God or Jesus had been ministering to people all day long. Thousands of people he was ministering to. He fed thousands of people with just a few loaves and a few small fish. And here he is, he's probably tired. <laughs> and we can actually learn something from Jesus. Jesus kind of got away from the crowd, he sent his disciples away, he went on a mountainside and began to spend some quiet time. So he's having some, some time away from the disciples, all the problems, just puts it away, and he begins to spend time with, with God, with the Father. It's important to note that in Scripture, a miracle is always preceded by a problem. If there's no problem, then there's no miracle. 
Because what's the point of a miracle unless there is a problem? So you, you have to, under, like, there's always presented a problem. And the problems are always in inconvenient times. Isn't that, like, it just seems like every time there's a problem, it's, you can't have a problem during the times where you can fix that problem real quickly or, or, or come up with a solution right away. It just doesn't happen. Often our problems are right in the middle, away from any help. <laughs> and, it's, and sometimes it, it feels that way. And the disciples were up against some very heavy circumstances. They, they, um, Jesus was away from them, and they went out on a boat in the middle of a lake. And in the same way, when we face difficulties and circumstances, it can often be a lonely and inconvenient time for us. A lonely and inconvenient time in which we feel like there's no help. And as a result, we feel far from help. So my first point I want to make is, is when we're going through circumstances and we can't believe in a miracle and it's hard to believe in a miracle, we feel far away from help. We feel far away from help if you're following your notes. Mark 6, 47 says, when evening came, the boat was in the middle of the lake. It was in the middle of the lake. There was no help. There was, nobody could jump on a life raft and, and roll, roll to shore real quick for help. They were, actually, they were in the middle of a, of a and it wasn't just a small lake. This was like a sea, right? This was the sea. <laughs> they were out in the middle of the sea. And the problem always arrives in an inconvenient time. And when we are faced with challenges, we feel that every possible avenue... And when you're faced with problems and when you're faced with a, with a miracle that has to happen, it seems like every possible avenue is, is cut off. It seems like there is no help. And we're crying out to God. And where is God? And where are the people around me? Maybe you've gotten a, 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 doctor, uh, a doctor's diagnosis and it doesn't seem good. And uh, a doctor says there's no solution to the problem. Or, or maybe you have a financial problem so deep no one can bail you out or uh, not even the bank. bank can't give you a loan big enough to bail you out of this or, or family members don't have the money to be able to help you. Or maybe your marriage is so bad uh, there's no chance of reconciliation. No counselor, no mediator, no anyone can fix your marriage. Or maybe you have a business and your reputation is just so far gone and just feels like, am I ever going to win in this? I feel so far from help. Even David felt like this. He says, why, O oh Lord, do you stand far off? Why do you hide yourself in times of trouble? When we're faced with circumstances, when we escalate the circumstances in our life, we often feel like we're far from help. The second point I want to make is we are blinded by our problems. We get blinded by our problems. Matthew 14, going into verse 24, it says, But the boat was already a considerable distance from land, buffeted by the waves and against the wind, because the wind was against it. Have you ever been in a boat in a storm? Has anybody ever been in a boat in a storm? It's not a pleasant experience, I can tell you that. A friend of mine and I, back when we were in our early 20s, used to go boating a whole lot. He had a 19-foot center console. We'd go out in the sound and kind of kind of play around and um you know just kind of do our thing fish and hang out and surf and do do a lot of different things and one day we were out 
uh, on the sound in uh, eastern North Carolina. We, we uh, dropped our boat into this little place called Sneeds Ferry. I don't know if any of you ever been to Sneeds Ferry. It's out in the middle of nowhere. And we would drop it in and we would ride miles down the intercoastal waterway into Wilmington and, and kind of hang out and just, just play all day, man. I remember those times. It's so much fun. But one day we decided, hey, man, let's just cut out and go out in the ocean and let's play a little bit. But what we didn't know is there was a storm brewing out there. <laughs> and we got out in the ocean and, and, I mean, the waves picked up, the wind picked up, the, uh, the rain started coming. And I'm telling you, it was the most frightening experience I've ever had in my life. I couldn't see where I was coming, where I was going. We couldn't see land. All we could do is, is use our little compass on our, our boat. We put that thing on, we faced land, and we started flying. And I'm telling you, we were hitting waves, and this boat was going up, and it hit and went straight up, and we're hanging on for dear life, you know, like, ah, you know, and we're just, we're just flying over these waves and flying over this ocean, uh, not knowing where in the world we were. And I can imagine the disciples felt the very same way. They were just blinded. They couldn't see where God was. They, could, they, were, they were far from him in, in the water. We don't see the potential of what God can do or will do through this because we are focusing on our circumstances. We have waves and wind and darkness and rain in our life often when we're faced with circumstances and a lot of times it's hard for us to actually see what's on the other side. We get blinded by our problems. And what do we do? We, our feelings get in the way of our faith. Our feelings dictate our problems. And that's a very dangerous place to go when our feelings get in it I can't see, Lord. I don't know where I'm going. The waves and the wind is up against me. We start making silly decisions. And then we turn mountains into molehill, out of molehills. We make small things big things because we're blinded. We're blinded by our circumstances. There's, there's no way out of this. How do we get past this, Lord? And then thirdly, we struggle to fix ourselves. That's, what, that's the first place we go. When we're dealing with the issue, we're blinded. Well, if God's not gonna show up, if God's not gonna do a miracle, if God's not gonna work in my life, then I would just try to fix it myself. And we say, it's, it's just not a good thing. It's not a good place to go. And, and then we do this. We say, well, maybe I need to work a little harder to be good. Maybe I'll go to church more and God will fix my problem, <laughs> right? Maybe I'll join a team in the church. Maybe, I'll, I'll, maybe I'm called to ministry. I don't know what that might look like. Maybe I need to do more, and that just doesn't get you anywhere because it becomes religion. It becomes you're working hard to earn the favor of God. And sometimes we just plain run away. Sometimes we're like, I can't fix this problem, this issue, and, and I, I'm going to fix myself by actually distancing. I'm going to go in the middle of the lake. I'm going to get away from everything. I'm going to go somewhere tropical, you know, like, hey, maybe if I just go to Hawaii for a few months and I get away from everything, and maybe I can, you know, uh, uh, sit on a beach somewhere. But the problem is, the problem is that problem follows you there. You can't fix problems by getting away from the problem because the problem will follow you. It might work for a little bit. You might have a few months of, of, uh, of pleasure and you might even make a little progress. But if you work in your own strength, 
you, you're going to wear out. <laughs> you're going to tire down. It's going to be tough. And you never want to do that. Mark 6, 48 says, He saw his disciples straining at the oars because the wind was against them. The wind was against them. They were straining. They were pushing. We've got to get to shore. I don't know where I'm going. I'm blinded by all the, all the circumstances around me. God, what are you going to do? We've got to do it ourselves. We just saw Jesus perform miracles, but we don't believe that he can perform a miracle. That just sounds silly in itself, and that's what we do. We believe that Jesus can perform miracles, but we don't believe it, so we, uh, and th- that he'll do it for us, and we work really, really, really hard to get back to land on our own, and it wears us down and wears us out. And you never want to get to this this final point here. We have a hard time recognizing God. In the the process, we have a hard time even recognizing whether God is involved in the process or not, or, or when he's actually working in the background, or he's moving in the background, or he puts things in place for us. God's performing miracles all the time, and we can't even see it because we're so focused on our circumstances and our problems. Mark 6, 49 and 50 says this, and when they saw him walking on the lake, they thought he was a ghost. I just imagine these grown men on a boat, as I was studying this, I was just thinking, these grown men that have seen all kinds of things, right? And, and uh, they see Jesus walking on the water, and they thought they saw a ghost. I can see them screaming, ah, what are it's a ghost, look, look, you know? And they cried out because they saw him and were terrified. See, we can no longer see that God is at work because we're, we're, we're so focused on the circumstances, even when he's walking on water, we're numb to the idea that God is active or even cares, and we just give up hope altogether. We give up hope on our life. We give hope on our dreams. We give, give up hope in every situation in our life because we can't see God moving because we have a hard time recognizing when God's there because we're so focused on our circumstances. Let me, let me tell you this. A miracle is coming. I know it's hard. I know, uh, I know it isn't what what you expected, maybe at this point in your life, maybe you thought God would come through on something, but isn't that what faith is all about? Isn't faith walking when we can't see? Moving when we, uh, walking into an event, walking into a situation, walking into a scenario, and, and not knowing, but just trusting, trusting him to, to bring it. So how do we reverse this? How do we, when, some of you are like, how did I even get to this point where I don't even see or recognize or feel or know God? How, do, how did I ever get to this point? How do I reverse this process? So I want us today to walk on water. Walk on water. So the first point I want to make is you got to open yourself up to the supernatural. You got to open yourself up, if you're following your notes, to the supernatural, right? Open up to it. (laughs) But we often make that word spooky, but in God's kingdom, in God's dominion, it's a beautiful thing. You gotta open yourself up to the supernatural. Matthew 14, 25 says this, and and during the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went out to them walking on water. I think it's interesting that Jesus delayed showing up until the fourth hour. Some of you are like, what is the fourth hour? Well, in in Roman and Jewish culture, there were four hours in the night, four four sections of hours in the night. So you had had the first watch, 
or the first hour, the first three hours, which um, started at six p.m. and then you had the second watch, which was at nine, and the third watch, which was at twelve, and the fourth, which was all the way at three o'clock in the morning. So you had a three. To, to six o'clock time period. I think it's interesting that Jesus waited that long. Like Jesus could have left his place, left his prayer time, left his quiet time and went out there to the, to the disciples. But we see here that he's kind of teaching them something. Because just because he's delayed doesn't mean he's gonna come through. Doesn't mean he's gonna, he's gonna dismiss you. Just because he's delayed doesn't mean that he's not going to answer your miracle, answer your prayer, answer your issues. He, sometimes it's just a long wait. We wait till the, till the final hour. He waits until the final hour. And just when you thought there was no hope, just when you thought it was over, just when you thought there was, there was no end to this problem, here comes Jesus. That's what they were thinking. Here comes Jesus walking on the water. Jesus is walking on the water. Can you see him? We don't even believe that he can work in natural ways because we don't even believe in the supernatural. Uh, John 3.12 says, I have spoken to you in earthly things and you do not believe. How then will you believe if I speak of heavenly things? If you don't believe in the earthly things, if you don't believe in the natural things, how in the world can you see me working in heavenly ways? Sometimes we have to ask God to help us, to help us with our unbelief. In Mark's account, there was a story of a, of a father that had a child. He was probably a grown child at that time, but he was struggling with a, a possessed spirit. He was possessed by a demon. He often was thrown into the fire and into the water. And the disciples had tried to cast out this demon and it wasn't happening. They could not do it. So the man approaches Jesus. And Jesus is kind of frustrated because he's like, how long will you guys not believe? How long will you go? I'm not gonna be here long. How long do I have to stay to, to help you guys understand and believe? So he was quite frustrated with, with what was going on. However, he saw the man, and he asked the man, do you believe? Do you believe I can do this? Do you believe I can cast out this demon? And his response is, I believe, Lord, but help me with my unbelief. Sometimes we gotta go to God and say, help me with my unbelief. It's hard right now, God. I don't see it. I know you can do it, but can you help me believe it? Can you help me believe it? How long will I be unbelieving? Uh, Mark, five, uh, Mark 9, 24 says this, I do believe, help my unbelief. I do believe, help my unbelief. The second point I want to make is you got to jump out of the boat. Got to jump out of the boat. There's an old saying, <laughs> old cliche pe preacher thing that says, if you want to walk on water, you got to walk out of the boat. You got you to step out of the boat. And when... <laughs> You can believe it, but if you've never moved on it, how can he act on it? We stay in the boat. We're like, God, do a miracle, but I'm not stepping out there because I don't trust you enough to step out into the water. But if you're going to believe God for a miracle, you got to get out of the boat. 
In verse 29, it says, Then Peter got down out of the boat and walked on the water and came towards Jesus. Now, Peter saw and knew that Jesus could walk on water. It was evident that he could do that. He, they saw Jesus perform many miracles. It wasn't, it wasn't a question whether Jesus could perform a miracle. But he acted on it. He said, you know what? I know that you're walking on water. I'm going to step into this miracle. I'm going to give it a go. And he steps out in the boat, and what happens? He steps out on the water. And, and, and he, so he did it. He did it with boldness. He stepped out, and it was crazy. And a lot of times when God's asking us to step out in something, it seems like it's nuts. How is this going to work? Because rationalization comes into play, and all the things. I'm looking. How is this going to work? But we got to pray something bold, believe that God can do it, and receive that he will do it. We got to pray, believe, and receive. Peter prayed, believed, and received. He believed it. He received it. This is mine, Lord. We're going out. So you pray for your miracle, believe it, receive it, and walk into your miracle. 2 Corinthians 4.18 says this, so we fix our eyes not on the scene, because that's often where our eyes go. Well, it just doesn't make sense, God. It just doesn't make sense. But here's what Paul's telling us. But on what is unseen, for what is seen is temporary. What is seen is temporary. But what is unseen is eternal. For what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. We don't walk in blind faith, guys. We have faith with substance. Substance is it's the substance of things hoped for. Faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of the things that are not seen. It means we're walking on substance, the reality, the person of Jesus, everything that's around us. The world cries out that Jesus lives. That's the point, that God is in control, that God moves. I could just, uh, sometimes I just walk outside and I look in the sky and I imagine this earth and, and all the universe spinning on its axis around a large ball of fire. And it freaks me out because I'm like, God, you have control of all this. You've got to have control. There's, it's not a coincidence. We're not just here, you know? I mean, it, it, it doesn't take much. Like my friend Lee, the other day says, man, I fell out of a 50-foot tree, and I'm still alive. How can you not believe in God after that, right? <laughs> That's a miracle. It's a miracle. But yet, we focus on the scene and our circumstances and the issues around us. And something supernatural is at work in all of creation, all around us, and we miss out on it, which leads me to my next point. Don't try to figure it out. Don't try to figure it out. Why do we want to figure out everything? Because we're rational people, right? But there's some things that God knows that we're just not going to know. There's wisdom that he has that we're never going to be able to have. Because the wisdom of the world is foolishness to man. Things that work outside of our world. If, if a miracle was rational, it wouldn't be a miracle. If it happened all the time, it wouldn't be a miracle. Right? Right? That's the point of a miracle. Oh, is God, you know, I want him to do this every moment, every time, every way. No, it doesn't work like that because it's a miracle and it doesn't make sense and it doesn't happen all the time. And if you are praying for a miracle, expect a miracle because God wants to perform a miracle in your life. 
Just because it's not rational doesn't mean it's not reality. It's, it's not reality. See, that's the thing about Jesus. Jesus is reality. Everything he did is reality. There's a reality outside of what we know and understand. And Jesus is reality. Matthew 14 and going into verse 30 as we move through the scripture, we look at Peter and it says, but when he, Peter, saw the wind, he was afraid and began to sink and cried out, Lord, save me. And immediately Jesus reached out his hand and caught him. He said, you have little faith. He said, why did you doubt? Why did you doubt? Why did you get caught up in all the rationalization, all those things? Why, why did you doubt? Did you, do you believe that I can do it? You pray for it. You walk in it. But do you really believe it? So the question is, where is your focus? Are you focused on the problem or the power? The problem or the power? Hopefully we're focused on the idea that Jesus has the power to do anything. Peter's mistake was, was rationalizing the situation and he started to sink and the reality was Jesus was actually walking on water. That was the reality of the situation, that Jesus was actually walking on water. It was right in front of him. It was happening. And then he started focusing on the water. He says, wait a minute, I'm doing this. This, isn't, this is nuts. What, what's going on? This, look at all this, these waves. Look at the wind. Look at the rain. Look at, look at all this. I mean, this is crazy. I think I kept hitting this last week. But I <laughs> slide over here a little bit. This is, this is crazy, you know? Because he focused on the circumstances and the miracles right in front of him. And the miracle could be right in front of you. It could be right there. But you're focused on all the obstacles that are in the way because your circumstances are consuming you. And then we start saying, oh, my God isn't big enough to handle this. And I don't trust him. And there's no way he can accomplish this. Uh, but when we refocus on Jesus himself and the idea that he can do all things and that he is God... And did he accomplished all things? Immediately what happens? We run to him, right? Peter says, help me, Lord. Help me, Lord. He looked at the situation around him, and then he started focusing. He, he refocused. He brought his blindness that was there back to Jesus, and he saw Jesus. And he said, Lord, save me. Lord, help me. Lord, grab me out of the water. Pull me up on top of the water. And let me walk with you. What does Jesus do immediately? Immediately, immediately he reaches down into water, picks him up. First Corinthians 2.14, he says, The man without the Spirit does not accept the things from the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness to him. That's the rationality or rationalization. And he cannot understand them because they are spiritually discerned. As believers, we need to be spiritually discerning. We need to be involved. Some, some things can only be discerned by those who follow Christ and are led by the Spirit. And my hope for you is that you are led by the Spirit, that you can see things, you can discern things in the Spirit. Only by the Spirit can be, we be led. The wisdom of man is foolishness to God. But if we walk in the Spirit, we learn and know to trust Him. And the fourth point I want to make is we need to give him all the glory in the process. See, the miracle is not about the miracle ending of itself. 
we tend to focus on the miracle. We cry out for the miracle. I grew up in a, a Pentecostal-type church that, that we so many days prayed for a miracle, and we focused on the miracle, and we tried to force the miracle. But we forgot about Jesus, who was the miracle worker. So, it, we, you know, in, in, in Matthew 14, 23, uh, verse 32, we're going into verse 32 here. It says, and when they climbed into the boat and the wind died down, then those who were in the boat worshiped him, saying, truly, you are the son of God. What do we do? We pray for the miracle. We walk in and we believe them for the miracle. And when the miracle happens to us, what do we do? Why are we doing this? Because we want to give God all the glory. It's all about the testimony of, of the saints. It's all about the testimony of the believer. When God comes through, and many of you, God has come through in many cases, what did you do with that, pro- that opportunity? Give him the glory. Give him the praise because it's all about him. It's all about Jesus. Romans eleven thirty six 36 says this, for, he, for from him and through him and to him are all things. To him be the glory forever. Amen. Amen. Are we giving him the glory? Are we giving him the honor? My um, mother painted a picture of, of Jesus and uh, it was basically a a painting that was already, uh, uh, it was it was already created. You can you can actually purchase it online. It was uh, Young Sung Kim is the name of the painter, and the idea of of the painting is Jesus reaching into the water. Many of you have probably seen it. You see Jesus' feet, and 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 you see Jesus kind of reaching down into the water to to pull whoever that is on the other side of the painting out of the water. And I have that sitting above my desk in my office. For one thing, it's, it's my mother. You know, she, she paints a lot of things, and she mimicked that, that work. And, and it's just nice to have my mom's picture. I've got a number of mom's paintings. Mom paints her own pictures, and then she kind of redoes other pictures and stuff like that. It's just a beautiful thing. We have them all over our house. Um, but, uh, but the second reason I have that over my desk is it's a constant reminder to me of... God being there. That God reaching down into water. When I go through problems, when I feel like there's no end, when I feel like there's no solution, when I'm hurting, when I'm in pain, when I'm in desperate need of a miracle, I can close my eyes and I can picture myself walking on water and then <laughs> losing track of, of where I'm going and what I'm doing and then I lose ground go down into the water but I can look at that picture of Jesus and I can see Jesus' smiling face reaching down into the water Lord I'm drowning it's dark down here where do I go what do I do Jesus is reaching down, his hands reaching down to you. Maybe perhaps you're there in that water, in that dark place, and you're reaching down, you're you're reaching up and you're calling out for help. I want to let you know that Jesus, Jesus is there. He's ready to pull you up. He's ready to pull you out. He wants to help you. He wants to pull you through. 
And with all heads bowed and all eyes closed, I mean, many of you are probably going through problems. You need a miracle in your life. It might be a financial situation. It might be a health issue. It might be marriage difficulty, relationship difficulty. It might be a business situation that you feel like there's no end there's no solution everything is against you just just begin to pray to Jesus now I'm going to ask you just, just begin to pray and seek him just for a second just, just begin to seek him and say Lord rescue me help me in this situation Lord I believe but I not only believe I step out and I receive receive what you have for me, Lord. I'm going to trust in you. I'm going to walk this out, Lord, believing that you're going to come through. Lord, do that in my life. Do that in the life of the person here who's dealing with difficult circumstances. That person that that doesn't know where the next paycheck's going to come from, Lord. I begin to do that right now in the name of Jesus. That person that's, that's sick and doesn't know where to go, God, begin to bring healing to them in the name of Jesus right now. Begin to touch them, Lord Jesus. Begin to, to find solutions to that person who has no solution in their business situation or their, or their family situation or their marriage. Begin, Lord Jesus, to minister people in this place as, as we invite your spirit in here, Lord Jesus. All over this place, God, we just ask that you begin to touch individuals, Lord that same spirit of prayer there are some here today that do not know you they don't even know what it's like to, to have a relationship to have a miracle working God maybe that's you today maybe you've never made a decision for Jesus maybe you've never gone giving your life to Christ maybe maybe you haven't done that and if that's you today I want to power of Jesus Christ because he's in this place and he's touching. He's probably pulling on your heart right now. He's pulling on your heartstrings. That's called the conviction of the Holy Spirit. And he's asking you to respond to him because he loves you. It's not about doing the right things. It's not about running away into the sea. It's about coming to an embracing, loving Jesus Christ who cares deeply for you and wants to help you and wants to give you purpose, wants to give you life to bring a miracle, the greatest miracle that you can experience today is a relationship, a life-changing, inside-out relationship with Jesus. And if that's you today with all heads bowed and all eyes closed, I want to pray for you. If you're somebody here today that says, I'm ready, I'm, I'm ready to make that decision for Christ, if you would just raise your hand. I'm not going to embarrass you. Just, just raise your hand. I want to pray for you. I want to see God come through. I want to see God come through in your life. you today. Make a decision for Jesus today. He loves you, cares for you. So you pray this with me. Father, in the name of Jesus, I believe that you are the Son of God, that you died on the cross for my sin. I know I can't do this alone, so would you come into my life, you come into my heart, and make me new. I love you so much, Jesus you first loved me so I walk this out with you I 
live my life no longer for myself. I live it for you. 